You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Very little in life that you can rely on, that you know is going to be there, you know is going to happen. There's very little in this year's NBA playoffs that you can look at and say, book it. I am sure about this. But if there is any one thing I am sure about as we reach this level of the NBA playoffs, it's that this show will be wrong about the Clippers. Spain yeah. and Fitz on ESPN mm-hmm. Radio, the yeah. ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, all of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and we're leading you into Game 4, Bucks hawks tonight, 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio. So we have a lot of uh, lot to get into in very little time, Sarah, but I was sitting there last night watching the game as I was getting ready for Sports Nation, right? We're watching this thing unfold, and I saw the Clippers go out to a big lead, and I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's early in the game. They're still right for us to be right about the Clippers being done. And then I just continued every single time Phoenix made a push in this, and I thought it was going to go the other way. The Clippers had the counter punch. It was stunning to watch. It was beautiful to watch for Paul George. But yet again, we've been wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think I nailed it when I said the Clippers never fail to let me down by always letting me down. Um, I don't don't know if that circular logic makes sense to you, but they (laughs) always manage to do the thing that I said they didn't, which means they always show up for me, uh, just in not the way I'm looking for. And it wasn't necessarily a rooting interest. It was merely that... I, I stand so hard for the Clips for so long that I finally gave up on them. And, of course, now that I gave up on them, here we are. Uh, it was an interesting game, and, and Paul George continues to do uh, everything that this Clippers team needs with Kawhi Leonard out. Some really wild and strange things happened, though. We were talking about the dominance of DeAndre Ayton and with Zubats out, you know, they're really going to struggle even more. And then he was sort of a non-factor. Right. Uh, so there's some there's there's some pregame estimations that we make that are rooted in, in very good basketball analysis. And yet you put them out on the court and it's it's just not what we saw. The one thing I will say, Fitz, is I've been asking folks um, since we've seen two of those really bad shooting games from the Suns when that comes home to roost. And this was one of those where, you know, if they don't play really well, they can't expect to keep coasting along. There are certain times in life that I, I listen to some of our peers that I have so much respect for, and I realize that it makes me feel a little better. And I've heard a few times over the last few weeks when we've talked to Doris Burke on different shows, you know, the number of times Doris has said, yep, yeah, we were wrong about that. And I figure if Doris can be wrong about certain things, I can be wrong about everything because she's much smarter than I am at all things. So I take a little comfort in realizing that a lot of us have looked at this Clippers team and been wrong many times. But this is a Clippers team that's now had their back against the wall. They're 3-0 and this postseason in elimination games. And Paul George goes off for 41 points on 75% shooting. And mm. it felt like this, this world came together. Everything collided where the Suns didn't have the right urgency from the outset. And the Clippers were so on fire that everything they threw up just worked right. And it, it felt like even though there were times the game was close, I'm not sure it was ever really in question because it felt like the Clippers had such a better handle on the momentum and the energy and the pace of the game. Yeah, and that's what's so wild about this Clippers team. You see them do things and you say, this is how it should always be. This is a Clippers team that makes sense and this is what we expect from them. And then in the next game, boop, no clue, right? And, and that's what's been so frustrating about their inconsistency. What has been consistent is how Ty Lu has been able to get this team ready for big games. Here's what Paul George actually said last night about why Ty's been so good with the el- elimination games. I mean, he allows us to come out here and just play freely. Um, it's no pressure. He doesn't put the, the extra pressure. 
we know what we're facing and, uh, and what we're up against. Um, and that's all that needs to be said. That's how T. Lou is, as cool as they come. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been saying, you know, we, we take after his identity. We come out, we stay poised, and uh, we just get the job done. And it's not just when they're down fits. He's 10-2 and two when his team has a chance to be eliminated, which is best in NBA history with a minimum of 10-game sample. He's also the best when they're ahead with a chance to clinch. 12 and 1 record in those situations with a minimum of 10 games. So you put Ty Lue on the line to go home or advance, and his team's usually going to come out on top. That's some straight talk, right? Right, straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. And again, Sarah, that's why I'm, I'm interested to see how the next game starts because there, it's so easy to have a here we go again moment where it looks like the Clippers are just going to find their way out of this hole. I, I'm not going to make any sweeping uh, statements. ESPN Radio presented by Progressives Insurance. I think uh, we're going to get that there. Yes, with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Uh, the other thing, obviously, like I said, we're short because we're getting ready for a matchup tonight that is going to feature a hobbled version of the Hawks. And as you heard uh, from the Sports Center uh, update, Hawks guard Trey Young is a game-time decision for tonight's uh, game for, according to head coach Nate McMillan. But it's a bone bruise, so it becomes really a pain management conversation, but it also becomes a shooter's conversation, right? Like, Sarah, as much as we say, oh, it's just pain management, and I think there's this concept of, you know, you just take a pill or shoot them up and everybody's fine. Like, I don't know that it's that simple when it's your job to jump on that foot all stinking night. Yeah, no, that would be you or I going in to do the radio show at the office or, you know, uh, going out to dinner with friends. It's a pain management thing. I'm not going to hurt myself on the way to dinner. It's just going to hurt a little bit. Is remarkably different from I need to be the heart and soul of a team in the Eastern Conference Finals, jump high, land, uh, you know, do all the things that this 22-year-old body can do. Um, and, and that makes it much more a question. I do not think there's any chance that Trey Young will sit out this game. I just don't. Um, the question is how effective can he be? And unfortunately, and I do mean unfortunately, I don't think there's any chance that the Hawks can win this game without an effective Trey Young. It's just such a dynamic part of everything they do. I mean, he not only does he touch the ball constantly, but that's where they go to. And the number of times he saves them from any sort of an offensive set where they're up against it. I mean, his ability to manufacture points is just absolutely crucial. So, yes, I, I could see a theory where suddenly we have another one of those games where Holiday and Middleton forget how to shoot and, uh, you know, Giannis is a little lethargic and maybe the Hawks rely on defense and slowing everything down. I just don't see how they'll get enough points in this matchup to win, and that's a really unfortunate moment for for the Hawks and for Atlanta because there's so much hype, rightfully so, around this team. I just have a hard time seeing a way that they're going to get this matchup in the right way. Uh, unfortunate for the NBA, too, as this is yet another series that is being affected by the superstar of a team, not just any player. You know, we haven't even mentioned, essentially, since he went down, Dante DiVincenzo. A starter for the Bucks was lost mid-playoffs, and he's barely gotten a mention. Uh, he's no Kawhi, he's no Anthony Davis, he's no Trey Young, but it was important. And that's not even close to what it means to a team to lose Trey Young. Again, I expect him to be out there. I don't expect him to be full 100% strength, and that's bad for the NBA. As, as we continue to have this conversation around playoffs, and it's dominating a lot of what we talk about instead of just the games themselves. By the way, that's a 8 Eastern start right here on ESPN Radio for that Game 4 Bucks Hawks. Uh, that's why it's just a power hour tonight as Bain and Fitz. I like that, like power hour without the alcohol. People, be responsible, okay? Uh, We're all adults. Speak okay. for yourself. With Without the power hour of alcohol, like just pace it a little bit. That's a, like one a segment. That's that's all Perfect. I'm asking everybody to I do. I can do that. Uh, I'm, <laughs> 
Oh, like, you were talking about well, them. We'll I'm see. so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. I thought you meant us. You I've can do whatever started. you want. I'll slow down. Your name's on the show, Sarah, so you can do whatever you want. For the rest of us, let's just keep up everything calm. All right, we'll keep breaking it down, obviously, but there was other huge news in the NBA, and it comes from Portland, where the Blazers tried to explain the process of hiring Chauncey Billups. You'll hear some of what they said and our thoughts on it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz Podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, Sarah, I'm trying not to die over here. Like, you know, we're sitting there in the commercial break and all of a sudden lightning strikes and like, I got like tingling going in my right hand now and like, oh, like everything Yeah, I mean, I could hear it shook for a all second. the way like, over here. I thought your house got hit with lightning. Yeah. It I'm still not 100% still sure. Still not sure. It didn't. <laughs> there is all sorts of crazy noises going Whoa. on. I'm not sure exactly okay, that what's was happening. Unnecessary that was unnecessary and no, mean. That, that, was, that was really mean because uh, that scared me because I didn't know if it was real at first. Yeah, I just heard a huge noise outside, so now i got to figure Wait out like if you. a tree just fell over. I have no idea what's oh, going no. on. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, so, Jason safe, Fitz. So if I can play weatherman for one moment, Jason, I yes. assume you are in Connecticut, not Tennessee. I am, so, I am in Connecticut, yes. So there is I a severe thunderstorm warning on uh, the TV in front of me, so no you might be in that area. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, Batting that's, down the uh, edges, buddy. I mean, let's let's go. So, you know, if things drop off, Sarah's got the rest of the hour. That's We've got everything figured out. <laughs> Uh, you know, just tell and tell my family and my dogs I love them. That's all you can do. Uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, or ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Uh, look, we talked yesterday a lot about the Blazers and their decision to hire Chauncey Billups. And obviously, as their new head coach, it raises some questions because of accusations in his past and a civil lawsuit settlement in his past from 1997 regarding uh, an accusation of sexual assault. So, Uh, We've been waiting to hear what everybody had to say about it. And we got a little bit of information today as the team uh, explained to everybody that they hired their own investigative uh, group to look into everything. And they came up with answers they felt were comfortable and matched what the account had been that they were given uh, from Chauncey. So we got a little bit of information, but it wasn't that simple, Sarah, because there were some follow-up questions as not only that happened, but coach, uh, Coach also made sure to tell everybody he's learned from that. It, that raised a couple of follow-up questions that were simply not allowed. Check out what happened. I guess I'm, I guess I'm still curious for a little bit more clarity about the investigation that you guys uh, conducted. Who did you hire to do it? What, you know, who did they talk to? What specifically did they tell you that led you to the conclusion that uh, it, it, you got to? So I'll- that's, that's proprietary, Sean. So you're just going to have to take our word that we hired an experienced firm that ran an investigation that gave us the results we've already discussed. Uh, you said the 1997 incident shaped you in unbelievable ways. Can you maybe elaborate on that and, and how it helped shape you? Jason, we appreciate your question. We've addressed this. Um, it's been asked and answered, so i um, happy to move on to the, to the next question here. Yeah, the voice that you heard uh, at the end and interjecting in the first question is the PR person. So very clearly there had been some sort of... Uh, command or, or expectation that she would jump in anytime there were follow-ups after that initial statement. And I will say, Fitz, that I thought what Chauncey Billups had to say about what he's learned and and how he expected that, you know, the incident was going to come back and, and he's thought about it every day of his life and had to talk to his family about it and what they might Google and, and see about him and what he might get asked. I thought he was thoughtful in his response to it. Unfortunately, when you have a follow-up, and it looks like he's about to address it when the moderator interrupts, it does leave you wondering why 
And when the response to what's your investigation been and you know what did you learn is to interrupt by saying it's proprietary, the question is why? If you're confident in hiring him, if you believe in him, then transparency should be simple. And if you want your fan base and your staff and your players to be comfortable with Billups and with your decision-making, then be honest and forthcoming about it and why you feel so good about it. Um, because if you want to hire someone that has this in their past, you kind of are required to be transparent about it and, and have some accountability. And that's okay, right? If you want to give this person this chance uh, and you believe that there's a reason uh, to trust what he says about the incident or even what he's learned in, in the many years since, it's okay. But you have to explain why. Otherwise, it makes it seem like you don't care. And Fitz, a lot of people are saying, why is this being brought up years later? We talked about this last night a little bit. Uh, it's a heightened profile of being a head coach. It's changes in society that have forced us into having meaningful conversations about things that we used to overlook. It's okay to acknowledge that he's had several jobs since the incident in 97, and maybe we didn't hear as much about this. But that's not an excuse to put off having meaningful conversations about it now. Yeah, I think that's the most important part of it. We should be evolving to ask better questions. And yeah, I know we've talked about that a lot in general, Sarah, but I think it's worth at least reiterating to everybody that just because questions haven't been asked in the past doesn't mean they shouldn't be asked now. And I can't speak to whatever questions have been asked by any of his previous employers, one of which does include ESPN. I can't speak to anything uh, that has been looked into in the past or how it's been handled. All I can do right now with the microphone is say, hey, these are my thoughts on it. My, my first thought is if you're going to go down this path, especially in 2021, you have to understand that there are inevitable questions that come with things. And, you know, the, the word that you use there that I think is so important is transparency. When you handle things with tremendous transparency, even if it's uncomfortable for everybody, at least you give people confidence in how you're making the decisions mm -hmm. you're making. If you don't, if you come back and say, as he said in his answer, you're just going to have to trust us. I guess the question is, why? why? I mean, why? I, I mean. Why right. and what specifically has been done in this instance with this situation to generate that trust? Or, like it's or not really any fits, not just with this team. And it's not fair to hold the actions and decision making of other teams against the Blazers in particular. But this is a pattern. It's Spain and Fitz, by the way, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Haley O'Shaughnessy tweeted out, and it's just so right. I'd like to scream about how BS the phrase, quote unquote, team investigation is with sports franchises, as it only comes up after public outcry, is never part of the background check and almost always ends up with, sorry, did you guys want something out of that? To which Katie Nolan responded, all we're asking for is a standard home inspection before we buy it. And front offices are like, oh, I'm looking at it right now. Looks great. Expensive. It's annoying how dumb we're required to be to enjoy this bleep. And that's so true. The expectation is you don't deserve in answer to this question, it's proprietary. The same way that when we ask franchises, why didn't you know about this GM's history of, of harassing a reporter? Why didn't you know about this player's history of X or Y? What can we ask you about whether you've addressed this with the player and why they're different now and why the fans should be expected to root for them, why the team members should be in a locker room, why the staff should work alongside them? That's not too much to ask because if you have a good answer to it, it should be pretty easy. If you don't, then you have to hide behind its proprietary. Or maybe they do have a good answer if it's, and they're just choosing to go the route of we don't owe you anything. And I think that's really silly because it's, it's more than silly. It's dangerous because you're sending a message then that we don't think this is a big enough deal to have an adult conversation about it. That's the hardest part for me is trying to find the win 
for the Blazers and taking this approach. Right. Really, anyone for taking this approach. Like, th- there's a moment in the interview process where you know that uh, they ask these questions. And, and one of the things that I, I find mind-boggling is we see all of the, the talk of for NFL draft picks. You know, well, they've, they had him tailed by private investigators, and they looked into every aspect of his life and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they're, they're open and talking about doing that with a bunch of kids that are trying to get their opportunities as pros. Why are you not talking about things openly right. – when it comes to the actual professionals that are leading an organization. And that's to be fair, the though, charge Fitz, that he has. To be fair, the pattern is the same with those athletes. Because guess what? It's, no, 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 we did a full investigation. We spoke to over 40 of oh, Jameis right. Winston's closest people, and we feel very confident. Oh, were any of them women? No. Was any of them the victim, the alleged victim of sexual assault? Uh, right? It's the same pattern with these particular incidents, to be very clear. The vetting process very rarely involves... Any of the women that they've worked with uh, or the women that are involved in the specific cases. And that's a big red flag if you want to convince people that you really wanted to get to the bottom of what happened. I think it's not only Spain and Fitz, by the way, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. It's not only a red flag in the, the way that they've done the process, but also in who they've surrounded themselves to not have anybody be checks and balances to that thought process. Like I, I look at so many things in life. Like one of the great things I love about you as a friend and a coworker is that I can go to you and say, Hey, am I an idiot? And you'll tell me, right? Like there has to be somebody in the life of everybody in charge of this decision that is sitting down in a conference room together and saying, Hey, have we checked every single box? And then you ask these questions and through the process of it, Hey, maybe handle this, maybe handle that. Like those are all reasonable things. Somebody involved in this process should have said, Hey, that's never going to fly. Even if the answer in the room was y'all it's 2021, that answer is not going to fly. Like just having somebody Mm -hmm. in there at least to give them that level of honesty and then have that honesty be heard and acted on is important. And if it doesn't exist, then organizationally you have to look in the mirror and say, are we really doing the best thing for our fans, for our organization, and for our future by ensuring that we have enough voices in the room that we actually listen to? I just don't think that answer is there for Portland. And I think as much as we were waiting for answers today, the answers we got were very calculated, they were very structured, and the lack of follow-up allowed to it to me is incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And to your point very quickly, it did do a disservice to Chauncey because he seemed ready to speak and answer those follow-ups, and what he said initially I thought was very thoughtful, and you you kept him from doing so, and I don't think it helped him out either. Just let him speak his truth. All right, we'll get an update on what to expect next on for tonight's game next. Spain and Fitz, ESPN (laughs) Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. You, that's what I was going for. <laughs> Fitz Lightning. There it is. Thank you. Yeah, Fitz has a new nickname, Fitz Lightning, uh, because he was it. nearly nearly struck by a bolt. Uh, I still taste like I still taste metal. It's yeah, weird. that's not good, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. something you should see a doctor about. It's Bain and Fitz. Sarah's Bain, Jason Fitz, Fitz Lightning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Short show tonight, taking you into Game 4, Bucks, Hawks, 8 Eastern, start right here on ESPN Radio. Trey Young is out for that one. A reminder, NBA Eastern Conference Finals are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight, Woo! Game 4, Hawks hosting the Bucks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. Before we get to that game, speaking of Lightning, uh, uh, Tampa uh... Bay. 
taking game one in the uh, Stanley Cup final last night, 5-1. This was a tight game fit uh, all the way through two periods, two to one game, and you really felt like the Canadians were hanging in there. And then in the third, an onslaught for the Bolts uh, to win 5-1. And that is tough to do against Carey Price. It just tells you how fast and how great this Tampa Bay offense is. I'm hoping for a nice long series. I don't want this lengthy drought for the Habs to result in an easy out. Uh, But this is a tough Lightning team. Yeah, my heart broke a little bit for all of Canada that has waited since 1993 to get a Stanley Cup final appearance. And then you sit there going into the third, you think, we still got this. And then you realize, we right. don't got this. Like, this yeah. is not and going And we can't way. even show up to our barn to celebrate because there's ma- massive restrictions. We've been waiting for so long. And we have, uh, I think it's still around 3,000, but they're trying to up it to closer to 10 for when they play those home games. Uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on the NHL Stanley Cup final. Also, Fitz, I mean, speaking of... Bad news. That first game loss is nothing compared to what we saw in tennis today. Serena Williams suffering an injury at Wimbledon, and she's out. It was sort of not that bad to look at off the bat. She kind of slipped near the baseline on a serve, tweaked her knee, and tried to play through it but was unable to. And as she sort of reacted a few points later, just trying to reach a back uh, a backhand. This is what it sounded like uh, with Chrissy Everett and and um, I forget the gentleman's name, but the broadcasters reacting to her injury. Oh no 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 no! Oh my goodness no! It's just a horrible way to go out. She was playing so well. She was looking forward to this tournament. This is her favorite tournament. She's going after a record. And Mm. after the the sort of goodbye, Serena posted, I was heartbroken to have to withdraw today after injuring my right leg. My love and gratitude are with the fans of the team who make being on center court so meaningful. Feeling the extraordinary warmth and support of the crowd today when I walked on and off the court meant the world to me. And you did hear that incredible ovation as she started to limp off the court and the fans kind of realized it was over. Um, Fitz, this is especially awful because just a couple days ago, she announced she was not going to the Olympics. And I do wonder if that decision would have been made any different if she knew that her Wimbledon outing would be cut so short. Yeah, it's such a real and fair question to ask in this situation. And a reminder, by the way, of how complicated the Olympic decision is for so many of these athletes, something that we're, we've talked about, we'll continue to talk about. But also, I watched Serena, and you, the way she wears her emotion so incredibly well on her sleeve, and you, you feel it. You felt... From her, the angst of having to walk off the court. I mean, it just, it really, I think it draws in the relationship that we've all come to love between anybody that's a fan of tennis and watching her play the game. Because, like, you want you want to see that level of, of passion, not only when they're playing, but even after the match. And uh, it was hard to watch, honestly, just how... Uh, how meaningful and sad it was for her to have to walk off the court. And you just feel it like every time you, it, it digs a little deeper because you know that it is getting at a spot in her I'm career where it's mm-hmm. yeah, there, there just isn't that much left. And we all know it. Novak Djokovic fell twice in the first set of his first round win. Uh, the the guy playing Federer, Adrian Monarino, I think was his name. He, he slipped as well and suffered an injury. So uh, the weather out at Wimbledon affecting the grass, even though they have said that the preparation is the same and very meticulous, uh, it's tough to see that many slips early on in this tournament and have it be a, such a big impact. And, you know, Chrissy Everett, after Serena left the court, uh, continued to talk about, to your point, uh, the chances and opportunities for her dwindling, and this is a really tough one to swallow. She knows the back of her mind. There are no better, more accomplished, more experienced grass court players in this draw but her. This was her best hope. 
Now, in saying that, hopefully she'll come back and win the U.S. Open. But this was her best hope, and I just cannot believe how bitterly disappointed she's going to feel. I know her family, her fans. But you know what? Her, to me, her legacy is already sealed. If she never wins another Grand Slam, if she never ma- you know, matches Mark Court, it doesn't matter. She's, she's still the greatest. Mm. That's, That's so, so tough. You know, Sarah, and the funny thing is, I personally, when, when I see these things for her, it's less about the Grand Slam record for me. It's just about like the own selfish sadness of knowing that I won't get to see her greatness that many more times. You know, like there's, it's funny because I don't even think of the context of the history. I think more in the context of the the right now of knowing that there's just a limited number of times you can go back and see her do what she does, and that makes every single time that she steps on the court more impactful. I completely agree. It's about us getting to see more of her. It's about her getting to go out on her terms. And also, it is the record to be that close and to have there be, if somebody really wanted to make an argument to try to point to Margaret Court's record, um, you just would rather that there isn't a single shred of evidence to point to otherwise. We all know that she's the greatest of all time, but wouldn't it be nice to have it in the record books that way as well? It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget to subscribe to the Spain and Fitz podcast, by the way. You can get all the good stuff that you might have missed a lot of people yesterday asking for our thoughts on Chauncey Billups' hire and everything else, and I just pointed them to the podcast. Here they are, two full segments. Go ahead and listen. Uh, so make sure you go and subscribe. Uh, we are leading you into game four of the Bucks and Hawks right here on ESPN Radio. Trey Young is out for this one. Here's Malika Andrews breaking that news moments ago. Trey Young has been ruled out for tonight's Game 4. Adrian Wojnarowski and I are told he has a deep bone bruise in that right foot, and he exhausted every avenue attempting to get right for this game. He was going through treatment all day, but in the end, it's just his limited mobility, and he was in too much pain to try to give it a go here in Game 4. We're told he's going to continue to try to rehab, as Adrian Wojnarowski reported, in the hopes that possibly he could return in Game 5. If it's, I mean, I appreciate him proving me wrong within the span of the show instead of like the Clippers waiting till after the show to prove me wrong. <laughs> I was like, I just don't see any way that he's not in the game today, no matter what. And it's that bad. And, you know, a bone bruise is one of those that I'm sure that there are adults out there going to say, oh, you should have played through it. But it, the pain is too much. There's no chance that this is a choice that he made with any shred of possibility to go. Yeah, 99% of the idiots that are saying he should play <laughs> through the bone bruise are the same people that need a week off with a paper cut. So, you know, there's just a, a reminder, especially when we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but I think it, you have to look at every injury and ask how does it impact not only their pain tolerance, but what what they'll be asking of. And when, and when you're talking about a bone bruise in your foot for a jump shooter, like I just I can't imagine having mm. to go through that constantly through the process of making it like and, and then not only that, but you're not a small portion of it. Like if you're on the court, it's because you are trying to will this team to a victory, which is not going to be easy to do. So absolutely agonizing for Hawks fans. And I, I can already hear the Atlanta people in my menchies that are coming in saying typical for what it's like to be an Atlanta fan. I, but it breaks my heart to see them have to go through this. Yeah, they've been through so much. At least yeah. let them new, lose at full strength if they're going to lose, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredibly tough. And, you know, L. Duncan, who is our ride-or-die Atlanta gal here at ESPN, uh, trying to make the best of the situation, trying to spin it in a way that she understands, which is, of course, that, you know, you you got to take care of yourself. It's really important to be available going forward. Zero risk, uh, reason to risk further injury. And... 
that is a big question to ask when it's a game four and you're down a game, right, Fitz? I mean, the timing of it all is to say, do we want you at not 100% now and possibly lose you entirely? Or do we no. try to make it through this one game and get you back a little stronger? Tough decision yeah. for them to make. Just, just take the L here and get, come back for another game. Uh, it's, it's a good strategy, I think. Mm, we'll find out. You never know with the Bucks. Sometimes they give away those W's. <laughs> it's Spain and Fitz. Thanks for listening. Game four of Bucks Hawks coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Stick around. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.